0: Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong.
1: Yes, indeedy. It is Leonard Burtzong on Leonard Burtzong Radio here on TalkZone.com. So happy to be back with you. Today is Thursday, June 29, 2017. As usual, a big show. We're going to do some dumb criminal law stories for you. I'm going to explain something about the Supreme Court's decision on the travel by ban-, ban case. I'm going to give you some facts on flooding. We've had a lot of floods in the United States during the last week. There will be some news tidbits and some riddles. But why don't we get started with something that I want you to know about. Did any of you have waffles this morning? Well, today, June 29th, is National Waffle Iron Day. Did you know that? You probably didn't. Well, here are some facts about waffles and the... Uh, days that we celebrate in the United States, we get two chances to celebrate waffles. Today is National Waffle Iron Day. That's always on June 29th. But then on August 24th, we celebrate just National Waffle Day. That day celebrates the first patented waffle iron. The patent was submitted by a fellow by the name of Cornelius Swafu in 1869. The word waffle is from the Dutch, meaning wafer. In the late 1700s, Thomas Jefferson was the first American to come from Europe or to return from France with a waffle iron. We all know about Eggo waffles. They were introduced uh, in supermarket freezers way back in 1953. And there's an ongoing debate as to whether pancakes or waffles are better. Some of you have heard of the Waffle House. That's mainly in the South, A number of places that sell waffles. Anyway, it's a chain that has sold more than 500 million waffles. Maurice Vermisch sold his wife's fluffy Brussels waffles at the 1964 World's Fair in New York. Since he didn't think that anyone in the United States knew where Brussels was, he dubbed the, the, he dubbed them Belgian waffles. There are several types of waffles, American, Belgian, Scandinavian, the age, Hong Kong, and what they call Dutch stroofwafels. If you make too many waffles, you can always freeze leftover waffles and heat them later in the toaster or the toaster oven. Now, a waffle, of course, is a batter-based or dough-baked cake cooked in a waffle iron. Pattern to give a characteristic size, shape, and surface impression. There are many variations based on the type of iron and recipe used, with over a dozen regional varieties in Belgium alone. Waffles are eaten throughout the world, particularly in Belgium, France, Netherlands, Scandinavia, and the United States. The word waffle first appears in the English language in 1725. Isn't that something? Well, things about waffles you never knew and you probably didn't want to know about. But today is National Waffle Iron Day. I've just found, based on this, that there's a new waffle called the Keyboard Waffle Iron. It will make your waffles A, B, C delicious. It costs $65. Also, there's a new grill where you can grill your bacon and make your waffles. It's all in one. You can buy this at, uh, Walmart for only $36. It's called Smart Planet Bacon National Waffle Stick Maker. <laughs> well, National Waffle Iron Day. More than you wanted to know, but Leonard Bertong is here to give you this kind of information. Let's talk about some dumb criminal law stories this summer. I've, I've told you I've been working on some new stories that I found. And I want to read some for you. Let's start with a story from Michigan. The headline, Forgery Trouble. An elected official in a small town is serving a 90 day jail sentence after he accused, after he was accused rather of forging documents to impress an overseas mistress. Charles Rogers is a member of the village council in North Port, that's a city in Michigan north of Traverse City. Authorities say he created divorce documents with forged signatures of court officials and sent them to a woman in London. Now, the woman contacted uh, Mr. Rogers' wife, who reached out to police, and Rogers pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor. (laughs) All right, this this next story also comes from Michigan. Here's the headline. Don't cry over spilt milk. A tank truck carrying 11,000 gallons of milk overturned in late April in Port Huron Township, Michigan, spilling at least 2,000 gallons of milk onto Interstate 94. The rig's driver had swerved affording... Swerved, avoiding an out-of-gas Nissan, stopped in the right lane, but ended up clipping the car and flipping. 11,000 gallons of milk, 2,000 gallons spilled onto the highway. My God, how many cookies would it take to sop up all of those, all that milk?
2: <laughs>
1: all right, it's not that funny. Let's keep going. Michigan. All right, folks. The headline for this Michigan story read, Flasher, maybe? A 45-year-old woman in Saginaw, Michigan, was annoyed that she had to reenter the metal detectors at the county's government building. So she did the only reasonable thing she could think of. She flashed her bare-breasted deputies, according to authorities. The woman then pulled down her pants her pants, to prove she had no contraband. Yes, she was arrested for indecent exposure. We move on to Minnesota. The headline of this short story said, Cheesed Off? Yeah, cheesed off. It's been reported that a local man, quote, cheesed off, end quote, the local police department by calling 911 for lasagna advice. The cook asked the Adena Police Department's emergency line in May of this year what ingredient he could substitute for cheddar cheese. When the dispatcher threatened to hang up because the problem was not life-threatening, the man responded, quote, When I die, then it's on you before hanging up himself. <laughs> Cheesed off, huh? All right. Well, here's one from Montana. The headline: Libel. We learn that a Montana State University professor is suing Walmart for libel after a store employee allegedly listed the teacher's occupation as toilet cleaner. Gilbert Cologne. Assistant Professor of Technology Education, says he was filling out forms for a fishing license when the employee made the weird entry for occupation. Cologne said the incident spurred hatred, contempt, ridicule, and he's seeking unspecified damages. Toilet cleaner? I don't think so. Not very good. Now, here's a strange one. This is from New Jersey. The headline asks, Why the bunny suit? It wasn't Easter. A man who donned a bunny costume and blew an air horn inside the Hopakong Police Department headquarters in New Jersey pled guilty in April to disorderly conduct. His name, Kevin Hemmermitch. He was fined $500 for the weird November incident that also led to charges against Officer Nicholas Mariska, who was caught on videotape punching out hemorrhage while in the headquarters. Marikas's Mer- Mer- Merikos- trial is set for July, punching out a guy in a bunny uniform in, the, in the, <laughs> the police department. All right. All right. These, some of them are funny, some of them ain't. but hey, they don't stop. Here's a few more. Ohio, talk about dumb criminals. The headline said, "On poor penmanship." We learned that an we learned that an Ohio's criminal handwriting was so illegible that the store clerk he was trying to rob couldn't read his note demanding cash. The clerk handed the note back to Dion Taylor, who was 22, and asked him to read it. "Quote: This is a robbery." Please be quiet. Don't let your pride get yourself killed. End quote. This is what the Taylor had written and what the clerk read. Well, the clerk did hand over cash and a pack of Newport cigarettes. Unfortunately, Mr. Taylor was arrested the next day on poor penmanship. All right, what about this one? We move on to Oklahoma. The headline read, She's an attorney at Raw. An Oklahoma lawyer was so furious at drivers who parked their car in front of her parents' million-dollar home that she pelted their cars with raw eggs, say police. Her name, Kelly Hensley of the town of Nicholas Hills. She's 37 years old, and she was arrested on charges of, get this, quote, molesting a standing vehicle, end quote. (laughs) All right. We go to Oregon. Headline. Happy Mother's Day, bang, bang. Two brothers got into it at a barbecue for their mother on Mother's Day. It is past May. One of them pulled out a rifle and opened fire. On the other brother in the town of Lebanon, Oregon, Billy Jack Gomez was arrested for attempted murder for shooting at, but missing his brother, Hunter Gomez. Good that he missed. Happy Mother's Day. Bang, bang. All right. We're coming to the end for this week. The last story from Pennsylvania. The headline says, Insane. A woman was arrested for walking around outside in her underwear to bother her neighbors, police say. Linda Corp, 76 years old, was charged with harassment, disorderly conduct, and public intoxication. Police report that Ms. Corp allegedly made 16 phone calls to a 911 operator earlier in the month and had been spotted strolling the neighborhood in her underwear, ringing doorbells, and screaming in the street sounds like a crazy old lady (laughs) insane maybe insane well these are the end of the dumb criminal law stories i have for this week there will be more next week these stories never stop you know you can go to my blog where i report some of these stories my blog is www birdsongslaw.com all one word birdsongslaw.com you can read some of my stories for free and get some chuckles, you can also go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com and buy some of the books that I put together, at any rate, thank you for listening, there's more to come, stay with us on Talk Zone Leonard Birdsong will be talking about the travel band case that just came up
2: Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232, or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.
0: Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously, and instead, just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his Talk Zone internet radio program. And now, you can read more. Of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at LeonardBirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author. Author link at leonardbirdsong.com Now back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on talkzone.com
1: Welcome back folks this is Leonard Birdsong Radio as you know the show is a unique blend of humor and opinion storytelling and information I will never provide you with fake news, but will make perhaps make you laugh out loud at some of my dumb criminal law stories that I find and read on the air. So we have things to talk about. I always talk about some funny things uh, beginning. It's true today is annual waffle iron Day. the twenty ninth of June is that day, and today is june twenty ninth But earlier this week, on the twenty sixth Monday, the Supreme Court came down with a ruling on the Trump travel ban. Some of you may know that President Trump issued two travel bans to a number of Muslim countries. The first one was in February, and uh, let's see, they included the countries of Iraq, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, Yemen. And uh, that was blocked by the courts. There was a um, what you call a now what's the word I'm looking for? An injunction. There was an injunction in place that stopped the ban. So in March, President Trump came up with another ban that excluded Iraq, but in, involved Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen. And uh, what happens is that supposedly for 90 days, people from these countries would not be allowed into the United States until supposedly the United States government came up with some new vetting plans that they could put into place. Well, that second one was enjoined and people were able to come. The case went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court decided to take it up on Monday. Without going too deeply into it, the Supreme Court case is entitled Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, versus the International Refugee Assistance Project, and Donald J. Trump, President of the United States, versus Hawaii et al., At his other states got involved with suing for an injunction. The case would be cited at five, uh, 582 of the United States Reporter. There's no page number yet, but it was it came down June 26, 2017 if you want to read it. I read the opinion and I understand it. I don't know that there's really a need to ban people from these uh five or six countries. Many of the lower courts felt it was a ban on just Muslims. That's what President Trump talked about when he was on the campaign trail, that we needed to ban Muslims from coming to the United States. Well, the Supreme Court has looked at it, says they're going to take up this case. They let some of the injunctions stay in place. However, they've come up with rules for other people. Now, what we have, and without getting into a lot of legal ease... The Supreme Court has decided that people from these countries, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen, in order to come to the United States during this 90-day period, must prove a relationship with a parent, spouse, child, adult, son, or daughter, a son-in-law or daughter-in-law, or sibling already in the United States to be eligible to come to the United States grandparents, children, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, cousins, brother-in-law, and sisters-in-law, fiancés, or other extended family members are not considered to be close relationships according to the new guidelines set forth by the U.S. State Department. So what we have now is that if you have what they call a close relationship to the United States, either through family, certain family, or through employment, or you have a student visa, or you're invited to speak at a program in the United States, people from these countries cannot come to the United States for 90 days. Now, I don't know. I mean, I know what the Supreme Supreme Court has done. It's a very narrow decision. They say that basically the President and Congress have the right to in sort of uh, use national security as reasons to make immigration decisions. However, they can't involve everyone. If people already have visas or green cards or invitations or visas to come to the United States, These people will be allowed to come to the United States from these countries during this 90-day period. There has to be some documented relationship between the people who might want to come. Now, people who do not have these documented relationships from uh, Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen, they're not going to be allowed to come into the United States for 90 days. The Supreme Court says under the executive order the president or the executive office has 20 days to come up with new vetting rules for these people from these countries and that the countries themselves will have 50 days to tell our state department whether they have um, approved of these new rules. I don't know how this is going to work. My own opinion is A 90-day ban on people from these countries is probably not enough. Why is that? Well, we know that the biggest attack on the United States by terrorists came on uh, September 11, 2001, when over 20 people from several Muslim countries crashed planes into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon and tried to get Capitol Hill but crashed in Pennsylvania. Now, of those people, they were all Muslim, but uh, 15 of them were from Saudi Saudi Arabia, two of them were from the United Arab Emirates, one was from Lebanon, and one was from Egypt. None of those terrorists who actually attacked us came from Iran, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, or Yemen. So, why did he choose these countries? Well, supposedly, before Obama left office... Obama said these were the countries that there would probably be people who might want to come and hurt us. However, when we look back at the history of what's happened over the last few years, you might remember there is this fellow called the Shoe Bomber who was coming to the United States, he had a bomb made into his shoes. He lit it on the plane, and it really didn't go off. Well, he's serving life in prison in the United States. He was a shoe bomber. He was a British citizen of Pakistani descent. A couple of years later, there was the underwear bomber. This guy had a bomb made into his underwear, and he was coming to the United States on an airplane. He lit his underwear, and the bomb didn't go off, but it scorched his genitals genitals. He was arrested now he's serving life in prison in the United States. He was a citizen of Nigeria, so neither britain nor Britain nor Nigeria nor Saudi Arabia is on this list, but the Supreme Court says the United States, the Executive and Congress have plenary power over immigration and they can make decisions. And that's just what happened. So what we're going to see is we're going to have this 90-day ban, and after 90 days, the court is Uh going to ask the uh, Trump administration, have they come up with the vetting that they were supposed to come up with, and if they haven't, the case will be moot. That means it'll be over. So now we've, the Trump administration started this in February. They didn't do anything between February and the 26th of June. So will they come up with this vetting that they talk about between now and October when the Supreme Court is supposed to look at this again? I don't know, folks. I know one of the reasons that the Supreme Court, or at least I believe one of the reasons the Supreme Court made this rule about the fact that certain people who have close relationships or who have jobs to come to the United States, they let them come in. Well, it's because our immigration system is based on bad family reunification and also uh, employment-based visas. If people have gone through the process of being vetted by the Immigration Service and the consulates overseas and have been granted visas, it's no good to cut them off. The United States wants people to come to the United States if they have close relationships. They have a right to come. If they have relationships with family members, we want them to come and spend their money. If, if people have gotten employment-based visas, and they've been through the whole process, and they've been granted the visa, why would we stop them from coming? They're coming to the United States to work, and they will pay taxes. However, the Trump administration believes that these countries, or people from these countries, are coming here to hurt us. I have not heard any evidence, and I'm all for national security. I used to be a i consular officer myself overseas, but I also know how immigration works. The Supreme Court made a very narrow decision. We will see how the Trump administration deals with it. We will see whether they implement the travel ban the way they are supposed to. All I can say is stay tuned. The Trump administration is taking this as a win. We will see what happens. At any rate, this is Leonard Birdsong. I'm on the Leonard Birdsong Radio. You've heard my opinion. We've talked a little bit about Trump versus the International Refugee Assistance Project and Trump versus Hawaii and uh, several other states. That's the decision that came down from the Supreme Court. You can find it yourself if you go to the Supreme Court of the United States Reporter, page 582 of the United States Reporter for June 26, 2017. Now, I'll be back with you. Stick with us. There's more on Leonard Birdsong Radio.
2: Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232.